Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Pal Dino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps and also on the Pigskin Podcast Network. Thank you once and always for downloading and listening to this show. It is a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today. The Minnesota Vikings had a bit of a back-and-forth battle. They had a whiteout. I didn't know what to decide if it looked nice and cool. It looked uh, like a festive. It looked like a Christmas season. Or if it was just vanilla offense and vanilla defense. Well, we were almost there. But the Minnesota Vikings survived in a playoff-like atmosphere, defeating the New York Giants 27-24 on a 61-yard field goal by Greg the Leg, Greg Joseph. win is a win is a win is a win, but my goodness, what if this was a playoff game? It sure could have been very easily. This could actually end up being a wild card matchup in U.S. Bank Stadium. Of course, we would host it. So <laughs> you never know. I mean, you lose, you're out. It's all over. It's not like, oh, it's okay. We're still division champs. We still have a, We still have this amount. Of, no, if it's a playoff game, you're done. So scary, scary to think about as uh, I felt like the Vikings we're going to lose for an extended period in this game. It felt like they were going to win. It felt like they are going to lose. It was one of those back-and-forth type of battles yet again. The Minnesota Vikings now have a franchise, or excuse me, NFL record, 11 one-score victories in the 2022 season. That is an NFL record. So the cardiac kids, whatever you want to call them, they find a way to win games. Unfortunately, the Eagles find a way to do it as well. Still 13-1. and They're about to start their game. As uh, again, I'm recording this pretty much right after the game, like immediately after the game, for the uh, for the sake of time, trying to squeeze this in before I have to go, unfortunately. So, and then of course, you know, the rest of the show will be recorded sometime on Christmas Day. Again, Merry Christmas, everybody! Christmas Eve at the time I'm recording segment number one. Possibly, I can finish the rest tonight. We'll see. Um, I'm not sure, depending on what time I get home uh, and all that, depending on how tired I am and all that. So, it kind of is what it is. Not going to be out partying and drinking or anything crazy like that. That's not really for me. Maybe it is for you, and that's your choice. Uh, bottom line, though, the Vikings get it done in a very interesting look in the building. Everything was white, white out, except uh, there were some images of the Vikings possibly even wearing white helmets, but that did not happen. They were wearing their classic purple helmets, even though they're updated, modernized versions of the purple helmets, but you get the idea. Uh, that would have been very interesting. <laughs> Some people thought we were going to wear purple uh, purple pants, but that did not happen. No, it was a whiteout. Fans were mostly wearing white shirts. There were some purple ones in the, uh, or yeah, shirts and jerseys and such in the audience. Some were wearing purple, and of course, there were New York Giants fans. Of course, there's going to be that. Um, they're definitely a good team. It's just, again, are the New York Giants as good as they look, or did we make them look good? It's kind of hard to say, but... We've made a lot of teams look good. A lot of teams look dangerous. We made the Indianapolis Colts look phenomenal for a half. So it's kind of hard to say. And then we made them look like complete bums and idiots in the second half. So that's the positive out of that. The Vikings find a way to win football games. Uh, Patrick Ricey this past week even went as far as to say, you know, this team with the way, you know, they're kind of up and down, up and down, up and down, but at their best. And with the way they just find a way to win, they could actually win the Super Bowl this year. So, yeah, let's be careful with that. But obviously, again, Odds are against anybody winning the Super Bowl. Even the Philadelphia Eagles, it's probably not more than 50% chance they're going to win. Uh, the 13-1 record, you might think, oh yeah, Philadelphia's got it. 
Not necessarily. You know, <laughs> 15 and 1 Pittsburgh Steelers didn't get out of the divisional round. 15 and 1 Vikings, let's leave that alone. 15 and 1 Packers didn't get out of the divisional round. So things happen. Um, 14 and 2 Indianapolis Colts got to the Super Bowl but lost it. Uh, 14 and 2 San Francisco 49ers lost to the Cowboys, you know, back in 92. So I remember a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, 14 and 2, yeah, I could go on all day. 14 and 2 Falcons ran into the 14 and 2. Uh, Denver Broncos. I don't know. Okay, good for them. We were all good. That, that was what was sucky. Well, the year the Vikings were 15-1 and back in 98, there were two other, like, super teams basically waiting for us. Possibly either the, you know, the Falcons in the NFC Championship game or the Broncos in the Super Bowl. So, it just wasn't fair. Life isn't fair. And once again, Vikings having an unbelievable season, but you still got the Eagles 13-1 and looming. The 49ers are insanely dangerous with their, maybe they have the next Tom Brady, who knows, some really late draft pick who ends up being really nice. Uh, the Cowboys are dangerous, like, they've, they scored a billion points on us, and the Colts. Yeah, they scored a billion points on the Colts. Didn't they have, like, 50 points on the Colts? So it's just like, they humiliated the Indianapolis Colts before the Colts came in to U.S. Bank Stadium and scored their 33 points in the first half. It's just pretty wild and pretty crazy. The NFL's weird and crazy. The Vikings and Giants have had a pretty rich history, and of course the Giants with their four Super Bowl championships, and they lost one in a demolition factor to the Baltimore Ravens uh, right after supposedly cheating against us in that 41 donut game. Patrick Peterson had some good moments, some not-so-great moments. Another interception, which made you feel great. Um, the Vikings blocked a punt today. Uh, <laughs> we also saw um, Ryan Wright had his first kind of mediocre punt early on to start the game. He ended up punting five times because the Vikings offense sputtered yet again. And we also saw Ryan Wright get a touchback in this game that was unearned, by the way. 83, unfortunately, was a little too aggressive and he accidentally knocked the ball into the end zone. So Ryan Wright getting an unearned touchback. That was kind of heartbreaking for him because <laughs> he'd been pretty much perfect. And Ryan Wright doesn't make the Pro Bowl either. What the heck? He should be there. Uh, Gillian was good at times. All of his were in the 20, and he had a 61-yard long. Little did we know a 61-yard long would be Greg Joseph's game-winning kick. Um, I also made a little urban legend type of a rant. Is like, my goodness. I mean, every... I swear, every time people kick against the Vikings, they make it every time. I mean, sure, you miss once in a while. What was it, 33 for 39 coming into the game, I guess. That's still a pretty high percentage, I'd have to say, coming into the game. And then Gano made it, uh, what, 36 for 42. So it's a pretty decent percentage. Sure, it's not 90%, but it feels like it at the end of the day. So it's kind of closer to like the upper 70, like 80%. That's still pretty damn good, though, at the end of the day. Um... I'm not seeing any sacks. Didn't the Vikings get at least one sack in this game? I don't understand. Is this broken? Am I confused? No sacks? I guess the Giants were the ones getting the sacks mostly. Didn't we get a sack? I, th I don't understand. I thought we did. I thought it was... Um, Bynum got a sack. Not Bynum. Not Bynum. Um, Wanham. Wanham got a sack. They're not even showing his name here. So something's really messed up. What's up with this? Yeah, it's probably not showing all the... That's so stupid. I apologize. It's not even showing all the players. Not buying them. It was one of them. Okay, shame on you, Yahoo. You Yahoos. Maybe that'll fix it. Nope, that didn't fix it either. Well, one of them did get a sack, so that's an incorrect statistic. Incorrect. Justin Jefferson, 133 yards. He did get in the end zone. Very, uh, very late in the game. A really nice... 
uh, like a drive that kept looking like it was going to sputter. It kept looking like this was going to happen, that was going to happen. And then thankfully, you know, some, some some lucky bounces went our way, thankfully. Again, looked like the ball was intercepted. It wasn't. It was uh, reviewed, and clearly the uh, Giants defender had did not have possession of the ball. So thank God there. Vikings uh, avoid disaster there, but potentially losing the game. And then uh, again, uh, a holding on the defense as well when it looked like the offense was sputtering, so helping the Vikings get some first downs. And then eventually the play to Justin Jefferson turned a turned nothing into quite a bit with a touchdown. And, man, that made us feel so damn good. Kirk Cousins, again, no turnovers in the game thanks to that getting overturned. Three touchdowns, 299 yards. It was it was noon, Kirk, as people always like to say. Delvin Cook, very efficient. He didn't fumble the ball, thank you, Lord. And Alexander Madison had at least one really nice play where he didn't fumble either. <laughs> Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, he kept thinking he was going to break loose on some of them, but he didn't. Um, yeah, there were some frustrating plays as well in this game, but generally speaking, not bad. Um, I think the most frustrating play of the whole game where it looked like the Vikings hopefully were going to shut down the Giants. They make it fourth and short very late in the game. Saquon Barkley up the middle, and that's it. No tackle at all. Not only did we, not only did he get the first down with ease, but that was it. There was no tackle at all. He scampered 20, uh, 27 yards into the end zone. So that was insanely frustrating because, well, you knew the Giants had to go for it, right? And then you thought maybe, just maybe, okay, well, we'll defend the uh, two-point conversion because the Giants were down by eight at the time of the touchdown. Looked like um, it looked like Patrick Peterson had it, and then it's just one of those magical plays where, no matter what, your hand is there, and then all of a sudden the ball just lands in the the, the receiver's hands for a touchdown. That'd be the tight end of the uh, New York Giants, Bellinger. Yeah, he actually lost the ball earlier in the game as well. Had a fumble lost, but um, ended up getting a touchdown in, uh, on the play, or not a touchdown, but a two-point conversion. It doesn't actually count as a stat. It's one of those invisible stats, basically. Two-point conversion. It felt. <laughs> I thought for sure that Patrick Peterson had that thing, and then nope, it just didn't happen. The one guy that got open was Bellinger, right at the end of the, uh, right at the very back of the end zone. One of those plays. I mean, heck, I even made that in little fun plays, little like scrimmages or whatever. You know, like pickup football, whatever. Throwing it only where the tall guy can get it. So he, all he has to do is stand there flat with his hands up in the air and just make the catch. And that's pretty much what happened. So good play, Daniel Jones. Looks good. Uh, Daniel Jones looks awfully good. 334 yards. But again, is it the Donna Shell defense um, making Daniel Jones look really good? So it's basically like if you want him, if you were a quarterback who's, you know, kind of, you know, kind of a fringe guy, you know, like you're, um, I, you know, and Daniel Jones isn't even a fringe guy, but maybe, you know, you want to look a little better than you've been. You want to kind of get things going a little bit. Maybe you've struggled the past few weeks with, uh, completion percentage, and you're only, you only had like 150 yards, you know, down a shell defense, you know, yep, 300 yards guaranteed, maybe a touchdown pass or two, you're going to get a lot of those third and longs, or third and short, like every third and short pretty much is almost like written in stone, you're going to get that, Eagles lead 3-0 on the Cowboys at the start of this here on Christmas Eve afternoon, Christmas Eve afternoon, yes, that's what it is, um, play after play after play, Rick James, Isaiah Hodge, Hodge, <laughs> Hodgins, Hodgins, it's like it's different. Of course, it's not that hard of a name to pronounce, but uh, they made some long plays. Hodgins had that touchdown, the one touchdown by DJ, Daniel Jones. DJ, DJ throws it in the end zone. It's a touchdown for the New York Giants. No, I'm just imagining uh, 
was it Johnny Most, the former Boston Celtics announcer way back in the, the 60s up until about 1990-ish? <laughs> Steal my bird! I'm imagining DJ, because, you know, like Dennis Johnson, DJ. And DJ throws the ball to Hodgins, touchdown, Giants! That would be funny. <laughs> Just the, the whole DJ got me going. Dan, you know, Dennis Johnson, the point guard of the 80s Celtics. DJ, God rest his soul, by the way. Um, Saquon Barkley, yeah, that was that was the play right up the middle. Ugh, he kind of got what he wanted most of the way, but that was the big one that really built up his average and all that. And, I don't know, got the Giants back into a potential overtime situation because... I don't know. I mean, a 60-yard kick, we don't make those in Minnesota. That's just Detroit Lions and 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 everybody else. Like the New York Giants kicker at a 55-yarder today. He was money. Graham Gano, double G or G squared, whatever you want to call him. 55-yard kick like it was nothing. And then Greg Joseph made one that looked like it probably could have been 66 yards out, 70 yards out, and it would have gone through. It was a beast. It was a boom. It was a home run. It was a grand slam. Not do that in the Super Bowl, okay? Do that in the Super Bowl. Do that in the NFC Championship game. <laughs> Get to the NFC Championship game, and then let's let's have like the big dramatic uh, victory when it matters most. Instead of cute little games against Indianapolis. Well, that wasn't that cute. It was extremely impressive. And all the people that don't know anything about football thinking we're all stupid idiots talking about the Vikings and Facebook. Well, well, sorry. Sorry. Uh, maybe we're not as interested in all your cutesy little fashion trinkets and stuff that you advertise 24 hours a day on your Facebook page. <sighs> Anyhow, <laughs> there's some mean people out there that just talk to us like we're the dumbest people on earth. It's kind of frustrating. Um, it, it is. Uh, again, though, a blocked punt, that was nice. So just a better overall day where last week we, we had our punt blocked. You had, you know, all kinds of nasty things happening, interceptions, fumbles, it was stupid. It was frustrating. And similar to the Detroit game as well. That game didn't go well. Again, the turnovers. But then the Vikings emerged victorious. We never got into a losing streak or anything. And in the playoffs, just one. Unfortunately, in the playoffs, you can't lose any game. You can't lose to Detroit or the uh, the um, Colts or anything like that. Or the Eagles or the Cowboys. You can't lose to those guys or the season's over. So Garner Minshew's the quarterback at the moment. Again, very... Uh, he doesn't quite look like the 80s cop anymore. He looks more like some hippie in 1968 going to Woodstock or whatever year that was. Hey, man. Hey, man. Got my guitar, man. Let's tailgate, man. <laughs> That's what he looks like to me now. Hopefully he doesn't... Hopefully, hopefully he's not too crazy, but we'll see. Maybe it's just long hair. I don't know. Um, but, no, a great day. Uh, TJ Hawkinson had a frustrating drop earlier. The ball was knocked away. And he started wondering, is he ever going to make those catches? And then and then he made 13. So, okay, 13 catches. We'll take it. A couple of touchdowns, couple of touchdowns. So if you were fortunate to have TJ Hawkinson maybe as your fantasy tight end, you probably had a really nice day today or you're going to. Today, this would probably be Super Bowl week, I think, most of the time, right? Unless they've extended it a week now. Maybe they did into New Year's Eve week or whatever. New Year's week. Where it'd be fantasy Super Bowl. I haven't played in like a decade, so but I still understand it. I could step right in and play again if I wanted to. Doesn't mean I'd win another championship, because that was a long time ago. Um, but yeah, Hawkinson must have been a nice uh, draft pick for somebody at the beginning of the season. Ended up working out for the most part. At least today would have been a good day to have him starting if you have two solid tight ends or something like that. But, yep, Vikings only had one official sack in the game. 
But overall, again, the defense generally was good, but at times, again, insanely frustrating giving up those, you know, just first down after first down after first down after first down, where a lot of opposing offenses, they rack up their yards and such because they know. They know that you can pretty much play like a West Coast-style game against the Vikings where you're not necessarily looking for the big play, but you're looking for the anywhere from, you know, 8 eight to 20-yard play rather than trying to go for the bomb, the bomb, the bomb. And uh, <laughs> you can still easily get a bomb anyway just because maybe the tackling isn't there or guys are out of position. So, of course, the defense can be insanely frustrating. Duke Shelley was tested a ton today. He had nine tackles. So he wasn't exactly spectacular out there, but he wasn't bad either, I don't think. I mean, he <laughs> it's like you think, Duke Shelley, nine tackles. Yeah, that's a stat. That doesn't mean, he's, that doesn't mean he defended well. That means the guy caught the ball. So that's just a stat. See, like linebackers are supposed to tackle. They're not necessarily out there in coverage, where Duke Shelley's in coverage. So nine tackles isn't always good. Though he does have some really nice moments. So he does deserve a ton of credit, generally speaking. Shannon Sullivan was banged up a bit last week. He was frustrated beyond human recognition, uh, having two touchdowns taken away. Dak Prescott may have thrown a pick six to a defensive lineman. Wow, that was fast. Wow, yeah, but it's a defensive end, though. Those guys are actually pretty fast. Josh Sweat, yeah. Dak Prescott just threw a pick six. So, so much for the Eagles losing today in Dallas without uh, Jalen Hurts. So much for that. Okay. Well, yeah. What, what What's your ring size, Josh Sweat? Um, yeah, it's over, right? <laughs> Who's going to beat the Eagles? I don't know. I Nice tackle attempt there, Dak Prescott. I mean, were you just trying to give him a bro hug or something? Or just kind of have a little quick conversation with him? You know, where you put your hands on the guy's shoulder, like, okay, so, you know, wishing you the best. Merry Christmas, Josh, you know? Jeez. My gosh. <laughs> that was terrific, man. Anyhow, sorry, I'm distracted. But what do you expect? I got a game on, dang it. Uh, Vikings at 12-3, and three, though, of course. I mean, we better enjoy this number two seed because that's probably the highest we're going to get, whether we like it or not. I mean, the Eagles win their 14th game today. That's the best we can do. And guess what? The Eagles beat us already. So that's it. The Eagles, I believe, would officially clinch the number one seed in the entire NFC by now, right? If they win today, I believe they do clinch it. It would make sense because the Vikings can't win more than 14 games. And the Eagles beat us already. So, right? I'm pretty sure that's the end of it. The only team that could catch them is Dallas and Actually, they can't. Yeah, no, they wouldn't be able to catch him either. This is Dallas's last chance. Dallas loses their fourth game. That's it. Or have they already lost their fourth game? I think they did, didn't they? See, now I just sound like a total moron. I apologize. Yeah, they did. They did lose, yeah, because they lost last week. They, they do have four losses, so... Whew, okay, it's funny. It's crazy to think the way that team manhandled us. They actually have more losses, so it makes us look actually really good at the end of the day. You got uh, at Green Bay, at Chicago. Yeah, I mean, Green Bay and Chicago, there's a lot of history, and it goes on forever and ever and ever and ever. Uh, Green Bay, January 1st, that is a Sunday, 325. And Chicago is officially a nooner at Chicago, not at U.S. Bank Stadium, but wrapping up a season at Chicago, uh, with the Bears, but this time in Chicago Stadium or whatever it is, uh, uh, Soldier Field. Again, um, like, yep. Usually, Soldier Field games are around Halloween or earlier, aren't they? They're usually earlier in the season. So, yeah, like traditionally, and then the last game is always at U.S. Bank Stadium. But this year, we kind of switched that all up, huh? 
the October 9th in U.S. Bank Stadium. You'd think that would be in uh, Soldier Field. But they flipped it. So, I mean, why not, though? you got to change things sometime. You can't leave it all the same forever. So, <laughs> yeah. So, Happy New Year and all that, basically. We'll be talking about Happy New Year next week. Oh, goody. Oh, goody. New Year's. Christmas is better than New Year's. I'm sorry. I have to say it. <laughs> sorry if I offended half of, half of my audience. I, I don't think I did, though. Maybe two-thirds or... No, I'm kidding. Maybe one-third at most. Um... But overall, again, I liked the whiteout. It was kind of cool. Unfortunately, it could have set us up for some mockery. Like, what a vanilla game. Vanilla offense, vanilla defense, vanilla whiteout. You know, and that's where I was kind of heading if things ended up not working out today. But luckily, they did because we're the cardiac kids and we got uh, we got just enough yards. The clock management wasn't all that great on that final drive. Like, what the heck? That was kind of crappy. Like, we ran, like, way too much time off the clock. Uh, on the final completion to J.J., Justin Jefferson, of course. His 12th catch of the day for 133 yards and a touchdown. Um, the clock was running very quickly, and the next thing you know, it's like, okay, well, we don't have a choice. We have to go with the 61-yarder or go for the coin flip in overtime. Well, just kick the damn ball. What else are you going to do? Greg certainly was booming him back in the you know, training camp and all that in August. Let's see him do it in, on Christmas Eve, and he did. So we finally... We finally won the Christmas Eve curse, or the Christmas curse that's happened in the last couple of years where we'd been losing all these, the Christmas and Thanksgiving and all that. Um, so we won all of them now. We, we won on Thanksgiving. We won on Christmas. Did we play on Halloween this year, or was it the day before? I think it was the day before. Now i got to go back to the schedule again. I'm just such a geek and a nerd right now, and I apologize for that. I think I had it up. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, I had this. Yeah, it was October 30th versus Arizona. Kind of a weird back-and-forth game. 34-26. Yeah, Patrick Peterson had that interception, and there was a lot of back-and-forth between him and uh, Kyler Murray. That was during that seven-game win streak. Losing to the Eagles, and then eventually seeing that seven-game win streak just literally go up and smoke like water, or, or just evaporating like water in a frying pan versus the Cowboys. Oh, man, man, man. And then the Detroit game wasn't so great either after two wins. Um... So that's kind of what that was. And again, today's overall day, not the prettiest game. It really wasn't. But I mean, I don't know. Kirk Cousins was looking for nookie blankies. There was a lot of check downs today. Check downs that were converted. Check downs that were not converted. Uh, K.J. Osborne was targeted four times and only wound up with three catches and 17 yards. Tons of uh, check downs to K.J. and a couple of them weren't, or yeah, like at least one of them wasn't completed. There was a Delvin Cook one as well, a check down. Um, not an, I'm not sure what's going on with Thielen either. It's kind of weird. Uh, he looked kind of frustrated on the sideline, and uh, O'Connell was talking with him for a while, and it seemed I, I don't know. I hope I hope things are okay between those two. It didn't look like Thielen was upset, but it looked kind of like I don't know. He was just kind of like kind of just looking forward and not really you know wanting to not really wanting to conversate with the coach. Uh, so that was kind of a bummer. Where. Um, uh, on the other side of things, he was talking with Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson was giving him eye contact the whole time. So that was weird. Thielen was basically giving O'Connell no eye contact. And that was after the play not too long before where it was, uh, you know, it ended up being an incomplete pass and the Vikings had to punt Thielen and Jefferson. It was kind of like a mix-up. And I don't know, he was targeted five times in the game. So it's not like Thielen wasn't in the playbook, but only one catch for six yards in the game. So... <sighs> that's a little bit interesting right there. That's a that's an interesting little curl or little curveball to kind of throw in 
uh, late in this episode or first segment anyway. So sorry to bring that up, but it, uh, I don't know. It, it kind of is what it is. I wouldn't be surprised if Thielen does not return next season. I wouldn't be surprised if he does. I, I, I don't know what it's going to be like. Obviously, again, he's a pretty big cap hit as are some other guys, like obviously uh, Eric Kendricks and others, but I don't think it's time for me to be talking about cap hits and such. That could be for like late February, early March. So I apologize for that. Let's talk about being 12-3, and and uh, well, maybe that was a preview of a first-round matchup, and if it is, hopefully the Vikings play a little better, because, I mean, you, <laughs> one bounce of the ball goes the wrong way in a game like that, your season's over just like that. What a waste. 14-3, and 13-4, and four, your season's a big freaking waste. I don't think the Vikings lose the next two games. Um, they might end up splitting, maybe, in terms of like sitting guys out and just taking it, you know, playing it safe because you can't go up or down. And last thing you need is some freak injury to screw everything up. Though I did hate watching the Vikings go from a possible 11, 5, 12, and 4 to 10 and 6 back in 2019. I hated that because those games were freaking garbage. Uh, the Fran Tarkington Award winner for this episode is going to be. You know, I'm having a really tough time because Cousins was, was fairly good. I thought he was fairly strong in the game. Jefferson with 133, obviously, again, a single-season record. He only needed, like, a catch, and he got it uh, very early in the game to become the all-time uh, receiving leader for Minnesota Vikings uh, in a season, like the most yards, most receiving yards in a season. So what is he at now? Uh, he came in with 1623. He only needed, like, a catch pretty much to get it. Or was it, like, two catches? Um, so sixteen twenty-three, and you add 133 to that. That's, that's, wow, 1756. Dang, and, and then eight touchdowns. You think the touchdown total should be higher, but it just isn't, I guess. Um, 1756. Jeez. If he ends up playing in both games, <laughs> he might get 2,000. But, again, I'd rather he's healthy in the playoffs and help us win a championship, or at least compete for one, at the very least, uh, than uh, get 2,000 yards, though. So if he winds up with 1,800 or something, it's, a, it's okay. It's a, it's a pretty good number. Um, again, back to the uh, Fran Tarkington Award for today. It's so hard. You want to say Greg Joseph because of the 160. You want to say TJ Hawkinson with the 13 uh, receptions. That's, again, a career high. And me and me and Mike Dale were doubting him, and then he played better right after that. So, Mike, we, uh, we, uh, we woke him up. We, we motivated T.J. Hawkinson. He, oh, yeah, Joey, Paladino Joey and Mike Dale writing those those articles, you know, or no, those articles, writing those, you know, those posts, you know, those really good posts. Yeah, they're, they're, they're doubting me. That Purple Mafia guys are doubting me. Hell with that. I'm going to show them. So he has a career high in 13 catches. So, okay, I guess, T.J., you can catch the ball. Yep, you can catch. <laughs> it's, it's tough. It's tough. It's got to be one of those three. Should it be the season of giving and they all get it? Kind of a committee today for once. Well, not really. It's not really for once. But uh, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, DJ Hugginson, I mean, they all were a huge part of today's win. They really were. Um, big defensive play by uh, Patrick Peterson. Again, he also gave up a couple of those uh, plays as well, like the two-point conversion and the um, some late for uh, some third downs and all that. That was frustrating. Uh Kendricks had some good moments. Hicks was solid. Josh Metellus had the blocked punt, and he also had five tackles in the game. That's pretty good, actually. Bynum was adequate. Asamoa was, you know, had some moments. Hmm. But yeah, I'll give it to the three guys, three offensive players. Again, uh, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, DJ Hoggetson are going to bring in the uh, the um, memorial. Are going to bring in the Fran Targeting Award? I guess the uh, 
boy, he's going to hate me. <laughs> the Christian Bonner Memorial, I think it's Adam Thielen for today. I, I don't know. It's like he's gone. Like, what happened? And I do know most of the five targets are probably just throwaways, too. That's part of it. So that counted as a target because it's like there it was in, you know, it was in, you know, it was in range of a receiver or whatever, so it can't be intentional grounding. So that's another thing, and I'm sure Thielen was insanely frustrated, and the coach was talking to them, and he was just kind of looking forward. So I don't know. I feel bad for you, Thielen. I'm going to have to give you a very gentle Christian Potter memorial, but I uh, still wish you a very Merry Christmas, sincerely, not uh, being sarcastic. With that said, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll look at the Packer Week and all that stuff. It doesn't mean as much this year as it does in years past, but I don't know. Some years they're way ahead of us. This year we're way ahead of them. So thankfully, it's nice to be on the other side. We'll look around the NFL as well as pretty much everything is today. Uh, so that's good. <laughs> that's good in a lot of ways. Get everything done. <laughs> all the games will be there. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. Time to look around the league and, of course, get the Packer preview going on. Of course, not nearly as meaningful as it's been in the past, but, oh, it'll be meaningful again, and let's hope it's not meaningful for the wrong reasons. Coming forward, of course, fan interaction, segment number three. First, let's get to DraftKings, the NFL version of it, of course, as I cover it with all the different, uh, <laughs> all the different sports I do. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. It's my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday and Christmas season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The, the more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code TPPN, like the Pigskin Podcast Network. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook app with code TPP, TPPN. <laughs> Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And of course, yeah, whew, that's a tongue twister, the TPPN. The others are easy, like THPN, but yeah, the Pigskin Podcast Network. So, yep. And a very, very awesome network. Very proud to be a part of that. And the hockey one and the basketball one. Really, really proud. Thank you again very much, Dylan and Kyle, for having me on board there. Coming out of Vancouver, British Columbia, if I'm saying that correctly. So to kind of look around the league and, of course, the Packer preview and all that cute stuff. Well, it's Christmas morning in this case that I'm recording segment number two and three, basically. So we're not going to be able to... uh, So I won't review Green Bay, Miami... Uh, Denver and the Rams, and of course, obviously the night games like uh, Tampa, Arizona, and then the Monday, of course. I never get to do those. Los Angeles Chargers at the Indianapolis Colts. Predictions, maybe we can talk about that. Miami will probably beat the Packers, I'm guessing. The Rams and the Denver Broncos. Ugh, yuck, 
Yuck. That's all I got to say about that. Oh, my. <laughs> Maybe the Rams win just because it's at home. I don't know. I mean, ugh, yuck. Overpriced piles of crap in that game. <laughs> Tampa Bay Bucks at Arizona. Well, the Bucks better win that one. Jeez, the Buck the Buck stops here, eh? <laughs> no, they better win that one. First place, six and eight team. Chargers better beat the Colts, I think. And yeah, that's not any knock at us. It's just well, you know, well, we still beat them. So nan nan a boo boo, I guess. <laughs> sort of. That's a real big nan nan a boo boo, isn't it? I will comment again. Actually. At first, I thought the whiteout was like, well, what's the point? That's kind of weird. But I actually do like it, and I'll probably mention it again in uh, Fan Interaction when it's brought up. Um, when it's brought up on the Twitter and all that. And probably on the, I think it's brought up on the Facebook anyway. Um, at the time, again, I thought it was a little weird. What's the point? And then I noticed the way uh, the effects they did on the field. You know, they kind of changed the graphics a bit on the field. I really actually liked that quite a bit. I, I liked it. And, it. and it's the whole, again, it's, you know, cold winter whiteout. And we've just been through some some, you know, significant amount of snow and extremely cold and and it's christmas eve and all that christmas eve now christmas day um and all that and yeah i i'm i'm all for the vikings doing it again i'm all for them doing it again but obviously not often probably once a year the kind of around like a snowy weekend or say if it's a if it's the christmas eve you know if, if it's like the, the the christmas week that kind of thing i think it's a cool idea i say do it again but once a year because if you do it more often like three four times a year Especially being the NFL is only 17 games to begin with. Only 17, right? It was only 16 and 14 in the past, but you get the idea. Still a hell of a lot less than the you know NFL or than the NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball. Um, but if you do it too often, it'll lose its charm. So that's why, you know, it'll lose its charm. So do it like once a year. Uh, I liked how the end zone was kind of reversed. It was white white with purple writing, and then the logo in the center of the field was white. I, I like that. I think it was really cool. Um, and, you know, the whole winter whiteout vibe, it just felt fresh, you know, like fresh, kind of like, you know, kind of kind of like walking in a, like a new place, and it's a little bit cool in the air, like it's fresh, kind of. It's not like a stagnant vibe, like the, the air's flowing, that kind of feeling, and like a crisp, cool winter day. That's what it felt like, even though it was an extremely crisp, very cold winter day, but... Uh, you know, it is what it is. Now let's get to where I wanted to be in the first place, and I was able to get the Packers and Vikings history up. The Jets and Jag uh, Jets and Jaguars. What's going on with the Jets? This was a Thursday night game, of course. Oh boy! Well, the Jag the Jaguars are very much in playoff contention now. They've won several games in a row here. Nineteen to three, the Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Jets. The Jets dropped to seven and eight, so that kind of kills their playoff hopes. I got to think. So unfortunately for Robert Sala. And Co. It's not working out at the moment, at least for this season. Probably their starting quarterback is not the right guy, I guess. It doesn't look like it. Um, he completed 50% of his passes and had an INT. Quarterback rating in the doldrums of 41.9. And then somebody named Chris Strev... <laughs> Chris Streveler? What the heck? Chris Streveler? He's got to be their fourth quarterback this year, right? You got Zach Wilson. You got Joe Flacco. You have... Uh, uh, Mike White, and now Chris Streveler. What's next? What's next? Bring back Joe Namath? And then have him, like, have him basically drunk when he's being interviewed by the sideline reporter again? <laughs> I want to kiss you, you know? <laughs> That's about it. Sorry. Trevor Lawrence was adequate. Didn't throw any touchdowns, but Jacksonville got the job done, you know, in the air and on the ground. Travis Etienne Jr. with 83 on the ground. Not a great game. Evan Ingram. 113 in the air, but again, no touchdowns in that sense. But there was a, uh, it's not a pick six. Uh, Devin Lloyd had the interception 
for Jacks. So that's kind of how that went. Lots of field goals. And yeah, uh, Riley Patterson rushed the ball up. Uh, or no, Trevor Lawrence rushed the ball up. Riley Patterson made the extra point. Again, former Minnesota Viking in training camp, I believe. I believe that was last year. He was competing against Greg Joseph. He was a draft pick. And unfortunately for him, the Vikings cut him. But now, again, yeah, Riley Patterson is probably Mr. Jaguar. Look at that. Whew, he got the uh, Mark Brunel Award. 32-yard kick, 45-yard, 41 and 37, so he made all the field goals, and Trevor Lawrence again rushed one up the gut, basically. One-yard touchdown for him. So good job, Trevor. And the Jacksonville Jaguars are at least kind of showing up in the playoffs position, at least for now. Yep, so I apologize. Still not feeling my best, and it's weird. I don't know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm about ready to scream when it comes to that. Like, my voice is just, I don't know, mediocre at best, and I apologize. But the show must go on, and thank God for Ricola, that kind of thing, I suppose. Not for sore throat, but kind of like coughing. New Orleans and Cleveland. At Cleveland, it's kind of a snowy day in Cleveland. Interesting, kind of a funny matchup. New Orleans gets the victory to become 7-9 and nine on the season and eliminate the Cleveland Browns officially from playoff contention. A cold Christmas Eve in Cleveland, and I don't know, it's too bad. It's too bad, it, it is. Andy Dalton had only 92 yards. And Elvin, yeah, it was a good running day for Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill, both running them in. Decent running day. Alvin Kamara didn't quite have the six touchdowns and like 130 or 160 yards like he did against us a few years back on Christmas Day. And I think Christmas was a Thursday, right? That year. That was beautiful. Yeah, just beautiful. It was uh, 2020. Oh, God, that was embarrassing. Never thought it could happen. Nick Chubb also good on the ground. And, of course, a cold, blustery day because it's still, you know, I mean, obviously the same weather that we had this past week has got to be basically like kind of showing up there now as well. You can see the snow and super cold and all that. So Cleveland can get damn cold. Deshaun Watson, 47 quarterback rating. Andy Dalton, 43 quarterback rating. And INT for both. So, of course, it was a running type of day. Amari Cooper did manage to get 73 yards in the air, though. So good for him. He's the best receiver for the uh, Cleveland Browns, at least on that day. Nick Chubb, 92 yards on the ground, but the Browns, only managed 10 points, and New Orleans managed 17, and that's kind of all there is to say about that. Kansas City Chiefs remain parallel with the Minnesota Vikings at 12-3, and knocking the Seahawks just about out of contention. Not quite, but just about 7-8 and eight on the season. So, obviously, that helps the Detroit Lions, who didn't have a good day either. Most of you know that already. Kansas City Chiefs, 24-10. to 10. Ho-hum. <laughs> it is what it is, right? Mahomes, obviously, again, didn't run into nearly as much uh, weather issues because they're further, far enough south there in Kansas City. Though it can get kind of weird there, I'm sure. Mostly, though, if it gets cold there, they're dealing with, like, glazed ice everywhere. It's, it's that kind of uh, environment in that part of the country. Kansas City Chiefs, again, like, kind of hanging in there, uh, keeping up with the Buffalo Bills for the time being. Travis Kelsey didn't get in the end zone, but 113 yards. Pain in the butt, no doubt about it. <laughs> Pacio, 32 yards. Jarek McKinnon, there you go. 31 yards and three catches and got in the end zone again like last week. He helped the Chiefs win the game last week. Pacio, 58 yards on the ground. Yeah, I mean, nobody really stood out all that great. Uh, Kenneth Walker with the, hundred, uh, the third, pardon me. I apologize. Kenneth Walker, the third. I don't want to insult your grandfather now <laughs> by saying, yeah, by saying, well, not insult him, but like disrespect him by like, pushing him aside. Nope. <laughs> your grandfather and your father. 107 yards on the ground. Good for your Kenneth. 
DK Metcalf, 81 yards receiving for Seattle. Geno Smith, not all that sharp, and had to attempt 40 passes because they were behind most of the way. An interception and a touchdown. Wahoo, the Chiefs win. Ugh. <laughs> Cincinnati at New England. The Cincinnati Bengals, if only they didn't have that crappy start this year, they would have a pretty epic record, wouldn't they? 11-4, and four, Cincinnati, because they started so bad, remember? It looked like, geez, they're screwed. It's the old Super Bowl loss, you know, hangover or whatever. The Super Bowl team is the one that's the biggest hangover by far. I think they're the second worst. They're either the worst or the second worst defending Super Bowl champion of all time, this L.A. Rams team. And you know what? I feel good. (laughs) It's the end of the Rams as we know it, but I feel fine. Yeah, exactly. Good riddance. Good riddance. I'm sorry. Don't care at all. Joe Burrow with a couple of INTs because of uh, Bill Belichick's tricky defense. Obviously, it's tough to deal with, and we dealt with it here. The Joes, Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow. (laughs) Joe Mixon with 65 yards on the ground. Gosh, can you imagine, like, even even he's probably getting a little older, too, already in the running back world, because the running back world's different than the, um, the running back world's quite different than the, um, than, than, than other positions, like quarterbacks, like Aaron Rodgers at 38, yeah, he wouldn't be, if he was a running back, he would not be playing anymore, T. Higgins with 120 yards and a TD for the Cincinnati Bungles Bengals. What are the Patriots now? Are they 7-8? and eight? They are. Weird. There's a lot of 7-8 and eight teams. But the Bengals 11-4 and four and still have a shot at something here. I think they're the 3 seed right now, aren't they? And you just never know. Like, somebody slips up, they could become 2 or even number 1. You just never know. Maybe they'll be like the uh, 2015 Broncos, where for a short time they were number 1, and then it's like, no, nope, they weren't number 1 for like 2-3 months. And at the last second... It looked like they're going to be the third seed, maybe the second seed, but probably the third. Bam! Number one seed, as everybody lost at the same time. And then the Denver Broncos of 2015 <laughs> got the got home field advantage throughout the uh, AFC and won the Super Bowl. Out of like, it was pretty wild how that all turned out. They beat an overrated 15 and one cocky as bleep Carolina team. Let's move on from that. Mac Jones actually a very solid day. Both Mac Jones and Daniel Jones, the the Joneses, we're keeping up with the Joneses, aren't we? They're not bad quarterbacks, and obviously the Vikings made both of them look pretty good. They w- we did, um, except for the interception by uh, <laughs> by um, um, Peterson uh, of Minnesota, of course, wearing his uh, Randall Cunningham jersey. Yeah, I know. I'm just teasing around here with the because everybody wears odd numbers now. You can't tell who's what anymore. <laughs> I hope offensive linemen don't start wearing like number two and number four and stuff. That'd be really weird. I hope there's a limit to that. But I suppose you can tell an offensive lineman from a wide receiver or running back, huh? I suppose you could. Yep, New England, obviously they had that horrible play last week that made them look like the biggest dummies ever. And, yeah, I mean, I've... And I look like a dummy also for not even commenting on it. I just basically was like, oh, the Raiders beat the Patriots. Wow, that's embarrassing. No, it was more, much more embarrassing than that because you literally, in, in a tie game, you lateral the ball around like, like, oh my God, we're down by four with no time left, or th- down by three, down by one, hell. But you're trailing. It was a tie game. It was a tie game. It was a tie game. Yeah, and all of you saw it probably by now, but in case you didn't, yeah, the ball was lateraled around, and then the... <laughs> and then it was lateraled right to a... Uh, 
Oak, uh, Las Vegas, wherever they play now. What, what are they playing? Oakland, Los Angeles, Oakland, Las Vegas. So it's Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> defensive line, defensive linemen who took it all the way to Pater because some defensive linemen are a lot faster than they used to be. Exploded to the end zone for the uh, oh, uh, Las Vegas Raiders victory last week. So Patriots, I can't imagine the morale is real high, but Cincinnati, again, winning in a must-win game for the New England Patriots. Cincinnati continues to look like maybe the best team in the AFC. Uh, I think there's a real chance that they are, and I did pick them to win the Super Bowl this year. It'd be interesting if it was Minnesota-Cincinnati in the Super Bowl. It could happen. It's not that unlikely. It actually could happen, and interesting. And <laughs> if the offensive line in Cincinnati still struggles, that just might mean our first Super Bowl championship if that ends up being the matchup. But who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll be the victims to see Cincinnati win their first Super Bowl instead. Well, let's try not to think about that happening. I'd love to see Cincinnati beat the frickin' Eagles or the Cowboys or something. I'd love that, but the Vikings, no, I'd be very sad and disappointed, obviously. Detroit is later because it's division. So, did I hit the right button? I don't know what I hit. Yeah, I went too fast. Baltimore over Atlanta. <sighs> well, Baltimore's 10-5. Atlanta's 5-10, 17-9. Baltimore defeats the... Atlanta Falcons, Desmond Ritter at quarterback for Atlanta. Tyler Huntley at quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. Yay. I mean, I don't know. Um, Gus Edwards with 99 yards rushing. J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, I won't say it again this time. 59 yards on the ground. You know what J.K. stands for. Cordero Patterson, only 17 yards rushing for Atlanta. Tyler Algar. All gear, sorry. Gear, gear, all gear. He's he's all gear. He's all locked in. <laughs> 74 yards on the ground, Drake London, and all gear again with 43 yards receiving. So good all-purpose day for Tyler, for TA, let's just call him, of the Atlanta Falcons. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? Meh. Well, at least Baltimore won for their sake. I hope I'm pressing the right stuff here. Let's just say someone upstairs getting on my nerves. My God, you have to roll your chair around 24 hours a day? Mental, mental, mental. Anyhow, yeah, I said it. The Houston Texans beat the Tennessee Titans. Houston got revenge on the Oilers. Oh, the Oilers, how dare you leave us 20 years ago or whatever it's been now. Almost 20 years ago. Yeah, it's been a while. Anyhow, the Houston Texans won their second game of the year. They're now 2-12-1. Uh-oh, what if they screw up the chance for the number one pick in the draft? Ooh, Tennessee Oilers, Titans are 7-8, and eight, and they went from a team that looked like a real threat to a team that looks like crap. Davis Mills, mediocre, but got the job done. Jeff Driscoll completed three-fourths of his passes. Yay, three of four. Yeah, got it. I don't know. This looks like some crew garbage. Uh, Derrick Henry finally had a nice breakthrough type of a game, but he also fumbled the ball, and Malik Willis threw two interceptions. He had a terrible game. What the heck, Malik? I thought you were going to be better than that. But obviously the GM fired and all that. Unfortunately, I wouldn't be surprised if the coach gets fired. And that's too bad because Tennessee looked like a really, really, really good team. Really promising. And now it's just how quickly things change. The definition of not for long. Tennessee Titans. Wow, man. Wow. That's all I got to say about that. San Francisco, the Cincinnati of the uh, NFC. Absolutely terrible start to the season. Thought, oh boy, they're not going to do anything. They looked so good last year. Like they could beat, you know, they could, they could win the Super Bowl last year if they could have just got past the stupid Rams. Nope. <laughs> but, yeah, they got it off to a terrible start. But ever since then, it's just been win, 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 basically. 37-20 to 20 
over a possible first-round matchup for Minnesota. It might be the Giants, might be the Washington Commanders, 37-20 over the Commanders, 7-7-1 on the season. And, yeah, Brock Purdy continues to play fairly purdy. He did throw an interception, unfortunately, but overall insanely efficient again. Quarterback rating still at 114 despite the interception with a couple of TDs. Taylor Heineke, pretty much the same stats, just less yards. Carson Wentz actually played in the game. Carson Wentz played in the game because it got out of hand. The 49ers were, you know, blowing the doors off of him for the most part, and they just said, screw it, 30 to 40, 14, pardon me. Put Carson Wentz in there. He actually was insanely efficient, but failed on the two-point conversion. But, of course, I believe Heineke was hurt as well. That's another reason why. It's not just because the 49ers were beating him. Um, 16 to 12. Uh, he, compl- he completed 12 of 16. Actually, Carson Wentz is arguably best game of the season, which is kind of sad. George Kittle, 120 yards and two TDs in the, in the game. Yeah, Brock Purdy must have been a wonderful uh, fantasy pickup for somebody who's in desperate need for a quarterback. Maybe he won the whole thing today. Who knows? Today, yesterday, whatever day. Well, it's not over yet. Still, the weekend's still alive when it comes to the NFL. But the 49ers, um, yeah, they are literally the Cincinnati of the NFC. And who knows? Maybe that'll be the Super Bowl. I actually picked it to be the Super Bowl. I felt like a complete idiot at the time, or uh, like a month afterward. Now, I'm feeling a little smarter, I guess. Even though I'd sure love to see Minnesota there and holding the trophy and a certain a certain quarterback of the Vikings making his famous uh, uh, his famous phrase even more famous, holding a Lombardi trophy, yelling, you like that, holding a Lombardi trophy. Two teams that also are candidates to hold the Lombardi trophy, the Cowboys and the Eagles, epic matchup. And I was talking about, jeez, looks like Philadelphia's going to win this one. Jeez, Dallas is messing up pretty early here. 10 nothing, just like that. Not so fast. The Cowboys ended up kind of getting things back in gear. Gardner Minshew wasn't nearly as sharp after that. Interceptions and all that. He wasn't that bad, but he threw some INTs. Both quarterbacks were well over 300 yards in the game. Um, but an interception for Gardner, Gardner Minshew. And uh, Prescott only had that early one. It looked like the Eagles were going to take major advantage with the pick six. That was a big thing. Josh Sweat bringing that into the end zone for the Eagles, but other than that, though, the Cowboys kind of sort of took over from there. CeeDee Lamb was, like, pretty much wide open, made the catch, just pretty much had to turn, because uh, he made the catch in stride, just had to turn, basically, and go into the end zone for one of his two touchdowns. Again, that's another one of that unbelievable wide receiver draft, where, you know, like, yeah, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, I mean, what a, what a draft, what a draft. Oh, I mean, some drafts, you have an unbelievable group of players, and that was one of them. Wow. <laughs> and that was at a time when uh, sports fans needed needed a little jolt, and we sure got it, didn't we? Devonta Smith, Devonta Smith, 113 yards and two touchdowns for the Philadelphia Eagles. They finally lose their second game of the season. Keep losing, Philly. Keep losing. Not that I want Dallas to have home field advantage or anything, but hey, if the Vikings don't lose another game, guess what? Your tiebreaker don't mean diddly, Dallas, because we have more wins than you. So just beat Green Bay and Chicago, hopefully. <laughs> don't mess around. Hopefully you get the job done, and there you go. Obviously don't get hurt either, for the love of God. So, um, But 13-2 uh, and two are the Philadelphia Eagles. That is just, oh, that's an insane record, no matter how you look at it. Jeez. It sucks. It sucks, considering how what Philly was just like, like a year ago. Like, how, how can you jump up that fast? Hopefully they fall just as fast. Hopefully. We'll see. Pittsburgh Steelers, the other Pennsylvania team that was good for, you know, like 15 years, basically, or actually quite longer than that, about 20 years, 
20 years they were good, or 19 or whatever. They, they beat the Raiders after that emotional victory because New England was in the season of giving. 13-10 to 10 victory for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're 7-8. and eight. That's crazy. How are they 7-8? and eight? They have talented players and everything, but not really, you know? Derek Carr with three interceptions back to being garbage again. I don't know. He's not what he was, is he? Derek Carr has kind of fallen apart, and Josh McDaniels is not a head coach. He's a nice offensive coordinator. He's got his rings and everything as an offensive coordinator, but he's an offensive coordinator. Some guys are, you know, like Kevin, o- Kevin O'Connell is a head coach. <laughs> Josh McDaniels is not. It's just, there's a difference. You know, you could go on forever and ever. Marty Morningwag, Detroit. Uh, oh, God. Half, half of the Detroit coaches the last 30 years were nice coordinators, but, you know, there were a couple of decent ones that didn't that maybe had a that didn't get to stick around long enough. The former Michigan coach probably deserved to have a shot, but he they didn't keep him. Maybe I'm just clueless and don't know anything, but I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> Let's keep going. That's a kind of game that's like, eh. Okay, that's the end of the actual regular games. I'm gonna check a couple of numbers here real quick. Yeah, three interceptions were Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, the other Josh. Did not have a good day at all. Only 44 yards on the ground. And, I don't know, it's the kind of game you probably could have ran a bit. Kenny Pickett's looking like an adequate starting quarterback. We'll see. And he's just a rookie, so, I mean, it's he's okay. At least he's not, like, going down the face of the earth like some guys. Falling off the face of the earth. Of course, Green Bay, Miami at noon. Rams hosting the Denver Broncos at 3.30. The Arizona Cardinals host the Tampa Bay Bucks, who are turning into the schmucks <laughs> again, like they were years ago. At 7.20, Sunday, Sunday night football, and then Monday night football, the Colts host the Chargers. Like I did, I picked uh, Miami to win. It gets the, I, I, I guess the Rams win, and I, I guess. I don't know. Tampa Bay should beat Arizona. They better. And the Chargers better beat the Colts. Now let's look at division. Of course, that's only a couple teams, Chicago and Detroit. And they both lost. So, <laughs> Buffalo, or yeah, Buffalo visited the Chicago Bears in Soldier Field or whatever they call it. Yeah, it's still called Soldier Field, but it's been fixed up and all that over the years and, you know, upgraded and all that. Josh Allen was kind of, once he had a little bit of space, he was able to run one into the end zone. And it was stuff like that that kind of, it was just kind of a fairly easy day for the Bills. Maybe closer than it should have been at first, but that's the NFL, 10 to 6. And all that. Uh, they also missed a field goal, or excuse me, extra point to the Buffalo Bills. But not much of a game. Chicago just kind of out there trying not to get hurt, trying not to injure other players and everything, and that's about it. Buffalo just kind of took care of business, basically, and are maintaining their lead in the uh, AFC. 12-3 and record, just like the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, but they own the tiebreaker. They are the... Uh, they are the the hosts of the AFC Championship, if if they don't lose the game. They just win out, and they end up finishing 14-3. and three, They will host the AFC Championship game. Congratulations, Buffalo Bills, if that ends up, does ta- uh, ends up taking place. Chicago Bears will be in the top five of the NFL draft, and you know what? Good on them. They have some promising players, including the, the starting quarterback, which I continue to be a supporter of. <laughs> I'm a supporter of Justin Fields. See, that guy can play. Hey, he didn't throw an interception, and I'd rather have him than Nathan Petterman, huh? Or Peterman, whatever they call him. So, definitely tons of potential in Justin Fields. Again, long as he stays healthy, knock on wood, because a lot of talented players, you know, just, 
I don't, I don't even want to get into that conversation about guys getting hurt, but don't get hurt, that's all. Um, the <laughs> the uh, Again, the Bears have tons of potential, and of course, again, a very high draft pick. Who knows, they'd be a nice, more nice receiver, uh, offensive line, whatever the heck it, it is, defensive star, the next uh, Matt, Khal- uh, Matt Khalil, Khalil Mack, that might be better. You don't want the next Matt Khalil. Maybe the next Joe Thomas or something, <laughs> or the next uh, Khalil Mack. Get that pass rush going again for the the bits because they were pretty good for that little stretch. They were a good freaking team for that little stretch. The uh, Nagy's first year there as the head coach, but unfortunately that uh, was very short-lived, and it's too bad. A guy that I think could be the coach of the Lions for many years, if he you know if he's able to kind of keep his you know keep everything going, I guess keep his players uh, in, uh, generally where they are. Today wasn't a good day, or yesterday wasn't a good day for the. Detroit Lions losing to the Carolina Panthers. I don't know how and why. Supposedly they they still have an outside shot at the playoffs. I don't know how. Six and nine record, but yeah, it's because the Bucks suck. That's why the Bucks suck. So they actually could win the division. That's how they'd make it. Um, Detroit drops to seven and eight, but still still have a shot because a lot of teams lost. Twenty three, excuse me, thirty seven twenty three. Detroit. This was in Carolina, so. It is what it is, and they actually see an opportunity to win at a vision. They sure gave up a lot of points to Detroit, 37, and Jared Goff had a great game. That's what's kind of sad. 355 yards, three touchdowns. Again, at least statistically, he was fantastic, but he did fumble the ball away, which obviously that's the worst thing that could happen. They couldn't run the ball at all, and they didn't. They just didn't play that game at all. Of course, they were behind the whole game. That kind of... J.G. Joey, you think? They're behind the whole game, so that's another reason why Shane Zilstra, again, <laughs> Shane Zilstra with five catches for 26 yards. Sounds like the Brad, uh, Brad Childress offense on, uh, on on some Sundays and the Mike Zimmer, Clint Kubiak offense as well. Huh. But um, Detroit putting up some nice stats, but unfortunately we're pretty much getting their butts kicked most of the way. Sam Darnold, very solid. Only 22 pass attempts. Donta Foreman, 165 yards on the ground. That's a lot of reason why Detroit lost. Chubba Hubbard, they couldn't stop the run for their life. Good Lord, 125 yards on the ground. Mm, mm, mm. Donta Foreman averaged about 8 yards a carry. Dare I say more? Cue the uh, Tech Mobile sound, please. Bo Jackson. Yeah. Jeez. That's Bo Jackson right there. Bo Jackson and Tecmo football where you just run forever. I think I've mentioned that a million times, but I'm going to mention it again because I can. Detroit 7-8. and eight. Green Bay Slackers are still hanging around. They're 7-8, and eight, aren't they? No, 6-8. and eight. So they could, they'd they be 7-8 and eight if they win. So they would tie up with Detroit. And of course, again, the Green Bay Packers and Minnesota Vikings will be playing this upcoming week. And thanks to Football Database, footballdb.com, we can look up the history of teams. The Vikings and the Packers. The Packers are 64-57-3 over Minnesota right now. They lead the series. So, of course, again, you go, you just read it in reverse to say the Vikings record versus the Packers, 57-64-3. Uh, Vikings have had success lately. But for the longest time, obviously, it was really bad. Most of the Aaron Rodgers era who favored the Packers 
Packers had a five-game win streak from uh, 2010, and that was the year they won the Super Bowl. Vikings, of course, with Favre swept the Packers in 2009, but the next year they swept us en route to a Super Bowl title with a 10-6 and record. So, obviously, outstanding job by that team, and I wish that was us. Uh, yeah, from about, looks like uh, October 24th all the way up to November 22nd, the NJFK assassination uh, anniversary of that year again. Uh, well, yeah, like uh, <laughs> it was absolutely dominant in favor of the Packers. Just uh, one win and one tie in overtime in 2013. That uh, What was that guy? Flynn? Was Flynn the quarterback? And the Vikings, yep, there was no Aaron Rodgers, no Brett Favre. Who were the quarterbacks in that game? Matt Flynn. Matt Flynn. Cause I know there was a Flynn. Ponder. The Vikings and the Packers tied that game. Yeah, but I remember uh, actually listening to the entire game while we were, me and my brother were working on a very, very cold day. Cold, but it was nice, though. It wasn't that cold. It was just chilly. Very nice day on this very large yard. I called it Super Bowl Sunday, and then I caught up to what I needed to catch up to afterward, but I listened to the whole thing, so I understood the whole game enough to actually do a show, believe it or not. That's how like alert I was while listening to it and um, working on the lawn that day. But uh, that was fun. It was a it was a fun day outside, actually. Believe it or not, despite the fact it was hard work. But that's kind of a cool memory for me, I suppose. Of course, you have the old moss in the end zone, ninety eight. That was a beautiful memory. We could go over that forever. Thirty seven twenty four, where it actually was like much bigger blowout before that. It was thirty seven to ten, and the Packers had a couple of touchdowns late with uh, 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 former Philadelphia Eagles and current Jacksonville Jaguars, Jaguars coach <laughs> Doug Peterson at quarterback for the Packers throwing a couple of TDs. So, yes, I'm old enough to remember that. doesn't seem like that long ago. It's just crazy to think about. Jeez. But all those guys from the 90s are ancient now, and, well, they're way, they're way too old to play anyway. They look a lot older, and they're, you know, they're old enough to be head coaches and successful ones that win Super Bowls. So, good on Doug Peterson, I suppose throwing a couple of touchdowns against the Vikings that day. Not long after that, he went to the Philadelphia Eagles. I think it was the next year. Because, yeah, and then, well, that's where he built his reputation with the Eagles. Ultimately, become a head coach someday. Blah, 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 blah. But the Vikings have been better against the Packers lately. They've won three out. We, we they have won three out of five most recently. Um, epic battle. In the uh, Yeah, that was the... That yeah, was a crappy day, actually. I'm surprised the Vikings scored 34 points in that game. That's actually not bad. I thought it was worse than that. But that was that silent, silent day in U.S. Bank Stadium in uh, September 13, 2020. It was silent. The Vikings scored 34 points, and maybe we were catching up. Packers just kind of schooled us the whole day. There was no sound or anything to uh, frustrate Aaron Rodgers. Kirk Cousins actually did put up good numbers, and obviously we did have a good offense. It just wasn't an overall good day. How did Justin Jefferson do? Yeah, only two catches. That's when you were still kind of babying him. And Adam Thielen, 110 yards and two touchdowns. Remember those days? Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yep, that was a silent game. <laughs> Basically, it was weird. You could hear every call, pretty much. <laughs> Vikings beat the Packers the next... Uh, the Vikings then beat the Packers in Green Bay, which is funny. That was a nice, cute win for us. Despite having an awful season... 34-31, Vikings over Green Bay in Minnesota. That was the, not the season opener. It was midway through the year last year when we thought we still had a chance to do something. Packers had an epic record, but ultimately lost in the playoffs right away again. And then the Vikings crushed by Green Bay in Green Bay. 
on this doesn't make oh yeah of course that was late last season crushed by Green Bay 37 to 10 yep we basically were like eh and a lot of people were like yeah I mean you know who is going to get fired really soon I think I forget if that was the season for no it wasn't we, we beat the Bears to go 8-9 and nine. yay mediocrity to the bitter end <laughs> so he could get a lower draft pick and then earlier this year the Vikings win comfortably 23-7 to seven at the in the season opener on 9-11 so interesting interesting overall the Vikings should have a good chance of winning the game against the Green Bay Packers. They're not all that scary, obviously. They've been playing a little better lately, but I don't know. I mean, the Vikings should take care of business. It's in Green Bay, so you never know. And the Packers are still alive, depending on how things go. If they beat Miami, maybe watch out. Otherwise, they lose to Miami, get their ninth loss of the season. Maybe the Vikings are good to go. Packers are 21st in points scored, 15th in total yards, 18th in passing yards per game. 12th in rushing yards per game. Time of possession, they're 5th. That's interesting. Fifth in inter- 15th in interceptions, 25th in sacks. Rushing yards against 29. So, hello, Delvin Cook and Alexander Madison and whoever else. Passing yards against their 2nd. Wow. But I suppose teams would run against them when they're, you know, the other team's ahead most of the game. So, that's kind of what you're thinking about there. You don't want to pass when you're up by, you know, 14 or something. You want to run the clock down. Uh, 16th in total yards against and... 17th in points against. Again, I'm going to believe the Vikings win this game and they better get their uh, 13th win of the year. Let's go 13-3, and three, which sounds very familiar, and then a chance to win 14 games next week. Aaron Rodgers, 23 touchdowns. Again, going into this week, 23 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Decent stats, but certainly doesn't look like the same guy. And believe it or not, this is the first year since 2010 when they won the Super Bowl that Aaron Rodgers has reached double digits in sacks. So wrap your head around that one. That's pretty wild, actually, when you think about that. <laughs> Aaron Jones, 97 yards on the ground. And Alan Lazard, only 627 yards receiving. Aaron Jones, only two touchdowns rushing this season. Mm. That's not going to get it done, is it? Receiving, he's got five. Okay, so at least he's got that going for him. And 364, so definitely an all-purpose kind of guy. Certainly a talented, talented guy. He's always had those 300, 400 type, type of yards receiving to go along with it. It's about 1,000 yards rushing. Good season, actually, for Aaron Jones, believe it or not, despite the Packers stinking pretty much. And he was also a 27 pick, so that was the running back draft, definitely. Fifth round pick. Nice pick by Green Bay years ago in 2017, to be quite fair. Alan Lazard, Mr. Lazarus himself, three, uh, again, 627. That's it. Overall, not a good season for Packer receivers. Aaron Rodgers frustrated and all that, and it kind of is what it is. Five touchdowns for Allen. Minnesota wins the football game. Again, probably like down to the wire. God, because it always is, which is annoying. But I think we win the game. Maybe we don't, but I'm going to step out in faith and believe the Vikings will win 14 games this year. I'm going to believe for that. (laughs) I just am. Maybe I'm just optimistic, but why not? Why not? You know, and hopefully, again, stay freaking healthy, please. (laughs) Please stay healthy. Um, final score, 27-24. to 24. Minnesota defeats the Green Bay Packers. Great running game day, I think. It'll be cold out again and maybe windy again. So, again, it'll probably be a good running day for Delvin Cook. He'll get 100 yards and a touchdown at the very least. Um, and the Minnesota Vikings win 27-24. With that, we'll take a break and come back for fan interaction.
And we are back for fan interaction. Segment number three. Time to look around what all of you had to say. At Purple Mafia Show. At Purple Mafia Show is the Twitter account. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. I want to thank the Pigskin Podcast Network for retweeting the most recent episode along with uh, Tanae Brown out of New Zealand. Malcolm McSween out of California. It's so strange. It doesn't show everybody that retweeted because I know more people did, but that's okay. I, I understand. I mean, and uh, I think Vince did. He usually does. I know he did for Brave the Wild this past week too. Vince Germano out of Australia. I really appreciate him so much. Only uh, oh yeah, a number of people liked it as well. Gerald Sring and Levi also added on the list there. So what's tonight tweeting here? Um, okay, saying Dusty. Okay, tonight was tweeting. Um, wow, interesting. Dusty Baker says, uh, "Okay, number seventeen, the best human on Vikings Twitter, undisputably the best human being on Vikings Twitter. No questions asked. Type your nominations now." And today typed in at Purple Mafia Show, so thank you very much. And I should have actually put in that today for that as well. Shame on me. Hopefully I still can. I'm, I'm going to do it if I can here. Hopefully this this better still count. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe it. I lost my mind and even think about it. So there you go. Gosh, that's the one thing. There's a number of you guys that I could. I'm going to put a couple. Is that okay? Is that okay? Yeah, then A, Mad Martin, Malcolm. Where is he? Okay, it doesn't even let me do it. Oh, gosh, probably because I'm... Oh, come on, I can't even put in Gerald. What the heck? Stupid, this is weird. So I apologize for that. Um, Sam Gupta, yes. Please let me put him in. There he is. That is him, right? He looks like a different. That looks like a different person, though. Dang it! <sighs> kind of paranoid now. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. I'm paranoid. <laughs> I don't want to put in the wrong person. That might have been a different one. Doesn't look like him. I suppose it could be. Okay, now I'm just probably driving you crazy out there listening. Sorry. Wish I knew. I'm gonna. It won't even let you look. That's so dumb. Okay, I'm just going to leave it right here So for now. I don't want to make a mistake here. So, <laughs> apologize, apologize, apologize. Something went wrong. Of course it did. Of course something went wrong. Okay, now it worked. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tanae. That means a lot, honestly. As, what? Okay, that's just because that's a single tweet. I was like, that can't be everything. Mad Martin says, yep, when I was talking about the, uh, I thought it was a little weird about the, uh, the whiteout. Mad Martin says, sorry, keep it purple. Happy holidays, my friend. Sorry, I've man I've not managed a voice call. Been way too busy this week. Let's get a W for Christmas. And yeah, totally understand. You've been busy. Um, I can definitely relate. Uh, this week, not so much, thankfully. But most of the time, I am too busy. This week, I was a bit more chill. And I was basically telling him, yep, Merry Christmas. And totally understand there. Yep. Malcolm says, strange, isn't it? The Commanders did well last week throwing... In, uh, throwing to their wide receivers, I feel like. Yeah, I was like, honest question, are we forcing everything to Hawkinson today? And it felt like it, didn't it? Yeah, and Malcolm thought that was strange as well. Uh, Man Martin says, it feels that way. Time for our O to wake up. What was I saying? That was that the same. Yeah, oh, I was saying, I would like to know 
the field goal percentage of Vikings opponents the last 15 years. It feels like 98% for Pete's sake. They never miss. He was saying it feels that way. Time for our offense to wake up. Yeah. Man Martin was saying it's been a boring game. and It was. The first half was really boring. And what was going on here? I said we dodged a bullet. Yep. And yeah, the interception that uh, got overturned. Like Kirk Cousins threw an interception, but luckily the ball was dropped. It was never officially caught. So I was saying we dodged a bullet. Man Martin said, absolutely. Man, this is a crazy season. I still have no idea who the Vikings think they are. Yep. I was saying it's really hard to tell. Mad Martin says, fourth quarter specialist, JJ24, 24th 100 plus yards. Yep, that's really good. Yep, 124, uh, 24th 100 plus yard game. Yep. And we wrap up the section with Malcolm out of Kelly saying, yeah, it just gives the kicker a chance to visualize or even get a practice attempt if they call it late. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yep, yep. But I was come talking about the whole, like, I was saying, raise your hand if... The timeout before kicking is the dumbest thing ever. Anyone? And yeah, I mean, it's just... It's it's dumb in general, too, because it just kind of delays the game, and it's... I don't know. I just You just want to get on with it. Like, win or lose, let's find out. I don't want to screw around anymore. Let's get to the face of Craig again. No call-ins that I know about. I did check. I tried to be very thorough, so... I really feel terrible if I miss somebody's call. Like, uh... I know Dave Hickey called in at least once about two... two about maybe three weeks or a month ago. And I never found it, and I feel terrible. So I'm, I'm really sorry, Dave. I hope we can try it again sometime soon. I would love to hear from, uh, yeah, I'd love to hear from Dave Vicky again, other than obviously the text is great here on Facebook, and I think even on Twitter sometimes. So a few likes upon the last episode, no actual comments. In-game thread, probably not the craziest, busiest thing ever, because people are doing other things, even though they're watching the game. But, you know, yeah, maybe they don't want to be on social media. I was saying, what a vanilla defense. That was terrible. Yeah, that was that quick touchdown late. Jason Michael says, uh, worst defense in the league. Yep, Jason Michael, locally here in the Twin Cities. We went to Maranatha Christian Academy together. It's a few years older. Um, I guess luckily for me in terms of the older part, but no, I mean, <laughs> probably, it's probably better to be graduated earlier. You got to experience better things because <laughs> the further back you go, I think you experience better stuff, honestly. Like, more like more of the 80s and in some people's case like the whole they got to experience the 70s and the 80s that must have been nice so i kind of envy you guys i don't envy you being older but in terms of just generally being older but at the same time i envy that you got to have that experience i was saying not sure about i get the whole whiteout thing but hey it works so it's my way of saying it i don't know why they did it but it looks it, it's okay and then i ended up uh, warming up to it more and more as the game progressed because i kind of liked it <laughs> i kind of liked it but again keep it to about once a year that way the charm won't wear off you know the more the, the if you do it just once a year then it's more enjoyable and you appreciate it there was there was something fun about it um unfortunately we're not going to have magical seasons every year so that's the other thing um andre locally says if, if anything, it favors the Giants because that's one of their colors. Well, yeah, in a sense, I guess. I mean, they kind of all have... <laughs> I was saying it's a strange look, but I kind of like it for some reason. Hopefully it doesn't end up being a historical disappointment, and it almost did. Um, another response from Mike Dale says, it's just their traditional away uniform for most of their history. Yeah, I mean, for, oh, do you mean for the, the Giants or us? But yeah, any white jersey, yeah, it's just a traditional away uniform. It just looks weird now because they've been wearing their purple pants with the, with the away white jerseys for the past several years. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they've been doing it for a while. So now it was like completely white. Yeah. So it was kind of interesting. And yeah, 
I know it's uh, traditional, obviously, but uh, it's just different having it at home. Like, what was the reason other than, I, I guess it's kind of that cool winter whiteout thing, which it was definitely a winter whiteout this past week. So I guess why not uh, enjoy it, despite the fact there's cars, like, slipping off the road all over the place. It's really kind of scary. Um, I could have been one of them. Thank God I wasn't, because it's, I don't know. It's it's the, the whole effect. Like, say, you get a significant amount of snow, and then the plows come, right, where, you know, they plow the stuff away. And then the stuff that gets packed down underneath the plow is really smooth, almost like an ice hockey rink, right? And the fact that the temperature has been below zero pretty much the whole time. So there's been literally no thaw whatsoever with that uh, smooth, extremely smoothed out, extremely packed down snow. It creates insanely slippery conditions. Yeah. So, I mean, I've slipped and fallen on that kind of thing before, where it's not ice, it's packed down snow that's been smoothed out to, like, perfection from a plow. It's interesting, actually. It's an interesting effect how that works. Most people probably don't think about that all that much, but, I mean, we're talking, like, all the time, all over the roads, everywhere, where, like, coming out of an exit, going onto an exit, just random. Like, it's scary, man, and thankfully there's the whole trick of not going off the road or whatever, or hitting somebody or hitting something or falling off into a ditch is obviously just don't panic. That's the whole number one key. Just don't panic. Just kind of hold steady because if you overcompensate for maybe a little turn to the right or left, whatever, you're you're in trouble. You're going to go sideways and then you're in trouble. Yep. So thank you, Lord, that uh, <laughs> I've been blessed with all of that so far. I'm blessed with uh, that not happening heck is that all about a big fire scary anyhow um mark carlson says i love this purple team i'm at home watching with my good friend lee hepner cool from manitoba manitoba from thompson manitoba no i'm kidding <laughs> that's the wild coach uh dean evison he's from uh, I, I grew up in thompson manitoba he actually said that yeah but it's northern manitoba yeah but no lee uh, probably not that far north i hope um, Skull from Iowa. Yep. Oh, yeah. Winnipeg, Manitoba. Okay. Yep. So, Southern Manitoba, eh? Cool. And of course, Winnipeg Jets. No. But Blue Bombers, sure. The Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is what it is, right? They, a lot of them come down here to watch the Wild and the Jets. That's coming up this Tuesday, by the way. Yep. Um, Mark Carlson says, in a game where mistakes are not affordable, they made some but when it counted most, they kicked the buzzer-ending three-pointer. Yep. <laughs> yep, and uh, obviously we'll have NBA basketball pretty much is what will be on the screen as I'm wrapping up the show here. Not quite yet. So, actually, the earlier the better. Just get her done and have the rest of the day to do things. Jerry Hicks out of St. Louis. Go down and tie it up in 59 seconds. Yep, that was sucky. Yep, the Giants just marched down the field like it was nothing, didn't they? Yep. Yep. Mark Carlson says, tie game. Tie game. Why? Mike Dale says, Joseph from 61. Yep, that was incredible. And Mark Carlson says, Joseph from 60. Yep, but 61, but whatever. Close enough. In regular time. Yep. Mike Dale says, Battle of the Frauds, according to so-called experts. Yeah, because remember, this thing is uh, not in chronological order, which definitely not Mike Dale's fault. Battle of the Frauds, according to the so-called experts. I don't care. Let's get this done and try to maintain the second-ranked playoff spot. Skull. And, you know, a lot of us thought the Los Angeles Rams last year were frauds. And they won a road game against the Tampa Bay Bucks. And then they uh, overcame San Francisco, who I thought was better. And guess what? They even beat Cincinnati, who I thought was going to win, and I really wanted them to. And um, so hopefully we're that team this year. 
and just we're we're not uh, we're not this year's uh, L.A. Rams next year. We're better. That was pretty bad. I was saying Merry Christmas, Mike Dale. He says Merry Christmas, Joey. Mike Dale continues says I'm starting to question Big Hawk's hands. Yeah, because he had some weird moments where he hasn't been catching them. So that's the end of the fan interaction uh, segment when it comes to in game. Let's get a post game threads and wrap this puppy up here. And then we can all, yep, and again, hopefully you're enjoying your Christmas festivities as you're listening to this, or maybe you're listening to it after Christmas, because he's like, I'm not listening to a podcast while I'm doing, uh, hanging out with my family and friends, come on, Joey, that's bullcrap, right? (laughs) Well, we'll see. Gerald String, Nebraska says, yet another stellar finish, something special about this team, they just don't panic, yep, just like on the ice, don't panic. Ice or slip, super slippery packed on snow. Everyone seems to be on board and knows their role. Wow. Yep, except maybe Adam Thielen. I'm not sure. He didn't didn't look like the happiest camper, but we'll see. But generally speaking, yes, you are absolutely right. Mike Dale with the big one. I'm going to leave that for last. I like to do that. Uh, just don't forget, Joey. That would be really bad. Today says, out of New Zealand, says, I had no doubt Cousins would get us in field goal range and Joseph would hit it. I've never felt... This as a fan of the team. Yep, the confidence. I did back in 98, but that's a long time ago. So, long time ago, I was like, they'll get it. Like, third and 18, they'll get it. And they they would always get it. It was just nuts how good that team was. That was the best offense I've ever seen. Eric Mostert says, I was almost certain that Joseph was going to nail that 61-yard field goal because that's how ridiculous the season has been. Yep. And uh, Mark says, exactly, Eric. Mark says, Joey Awajan, we are marching up the mountain Taking the hardest path. Yep, remember that? Taking the hardest path, the most impossible and crazy games. Joey, it's crazy. I don't know what to say. I mean, I, I don't want to say S-word, but I feel the momentum. Yeah, yep, I'm I'm hoping so. Yeah, the, that other S-word, yep. Not, not S-H-I-T, the other one. So I totally know what you mean there. Jerry Hicks says, Merry Christmas. What a crazy, fun season and not over yet. And I'm praying to God it doesn't end. I hope it's an immortal year. Ted Lynch, welcome on board, says, My Christmas is going to be peaceful, so peaceful. School, Stockton, California. Well, cool. That's nice to know. Ted Lynch out of Stockton, California. Roxy Schlecker says, Can't believe it. Skull, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. St. Cloud, Minnesota. Cool, 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 cool. Because I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't hear about St. Cloud a whole lot or hear from St. Cloud is a whole lot. Nice to know. There's people in St. Cloud listening. That's awesome. Nice to meet you, Roxy. I believe she has posted before. Patrick Grant, Patrick Grant, locally Minnesota, says, at least I think he's from Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, Greg Joseph, hero of the day. Hero of the day. So to pass out the stars is... Always almost impossible. Ah, ah, Mike Dale first, Joey. New York, yep. New York, New York State, not the city. What can I say? This team, I think he's closer to Buffalo is my guess. This team, this season, always finds a way to win in the most improbable and dramatic fashion. Such hard and tenacity, in spite of having significant defensive flaws and an offense that tends to disappear for a quarter or two. The defense once again came up with timely big plays it needed in order to keep the team uh, the team in the game. They still give up way too much yardage. I feel comfortable going into the playoffs uh, in a few weeks. Or they give up way too many too much yardage to feel comfortable going into the playoffs in a few weeks. I I agree. Hopefully they continue to get healthy. Maybe rest Darius. Yep, he is going to the Pro Bowl, believe it or not, and make a few more much needed adjustments to hopefully. That's a different word. Huh. 
hopefully ameliorate, I believe that's how I'm, I, I think I'm pronouncing that right, ameliorate, huh, there's still beleaguered status, I'm believing that means healing, as one of the NFL's worst defensive units. That's a cool word. That's cool. Yep, yep. And I'm, I'm not complaining. I like it. I, I like when you come up with special kind of words like that. Um, the special teams were phenomenal today. Yeah, like last week, they were not good for the most part. Greg Joseph, 61-yard game-winning boot. To Josh Martellis' huge punt block. To Ryan Wright's booming punts. They, the special teams, atoned and redeemed themselves completely from last week's horror show. Oh, boy. Yep. Yeah, we've been through so much. Kirk had a good day, as did TJ Hawkinson after his first drop earlier in the day. It's a toss-up for the Fran Award, as it could easily go to Justin Jefferson, no surprise there, who beat out Randy Moss for the franchise leader in reception yards in a single season. However, today, I think I'd give it to Greg Joseph, nailing his career longest and the Vikings franchise longest field goal right at the death to win the game. This team, this season, is shattering a myriad of records as the weeks roll by which tells me there's really something special about this 2020 group of Vikings players and coaches. There's still, though, in the back of my head, those fears creep in as as par with being a Vikings fan that our luck will eventually run out. <laughs> yeah, and it will probably be at the most inopportune time in the playoffs with the game and season on the line. I hope not. <laughs> I sure hope to God that I'm wrong uh, about that becoming an inevitability, but it's hard to undo a lifetime worth of, of uh, hard wiring and trauma with a proclivity towards losing in such heartbreaking fashion. Don't you love that proclivity? I love it. As for the Ponder Memorial, Delvin had quite had, had a quiet day despite a 4.6 yards per carry, but Adam Thielen, yep, Adam Thielen seemed to have a rough day, yep, that's the one I picked, at the office, uncharacteristically dropping balls and seemingly running routes. Yep. I wouldn't worry about it much, as all players have off days from time to time, even elite players like J.J. against the Lions earlier this year at home. All right, so we go into Lambeau against the Pack on New Year's Day. That's right, it is on New Year's Day. At, uh, I believe it's the afternooner, right? It's not a nooner, it's an afternooner coming up. Just want to make 110% sure. Yeah, 325 on CBS. Cool. Despite it being an NBC game. That's what I thought. I just wanted to make 100% sure because I rudely didn't say the time. And it is New Year's Day, so, yep. They don't really scare me, but that still is a tough place to go and come out with a victory. Let's keep the pressure on Philly, and if they don't slip up, at least maybe we can maintain our position in the NFC's number two seed for the playoffs. Skull, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Merry Festivus. I already aired my grievances about the defense, and let's win out the rest of the season, and I hope so too. 14-3. and three. Hopefully we can get there, and maybe, just maybe... By the grace of God, somehow we catch the Philadelphia Eagles. Wouldn't that be amazing? That would be really amazing. <laughs> I hope so. That would be cool. Uh, or just beat them in the playoffs. God forbid. Beat them in the playoffs. Do something that this Viking team doesn't, you know, that hasn't really done. And then finally do the one thing we never really, we never have done at all. Not really. Never have done at all. As for the, uh, the stars, let's get those passed out here. <laughs> I mean, that was so well written. I mean, how can I not give you a gold star? But it's like, yep, that's almost like I'm just picking. <laughs> yep, he's, he's the Tom Brady right now of writing on this show. So good. <laughs> um, yep. Again, I mean, uh, again, everybody's getting a bronze, but then there's going to be silver-plated bronzes that'll be kind of like the bronze. Everybody's getting at least a bronze because of the Christmas season and all that. 
up. I just want to make sure about something quick. Mike Dale's getting the gold. Um, man, ugh. Mark, uh, Mark, Mark, and Malcolm. Mark and Malcolm will bring in the gold-plated silver, and the uh, oh yeah, and and uh, and at least a silver-plated bronze, if not a silver, for uh, Tanae as well. Tanae also as can um, again in that wonderful nomination. Really appreciate that. Um, Jerry Hicks has to get it for sure. I, I wonder what happened. Uh, you know, what What happened to Brett McCarthy? He must have been really busy. Wow. Yep, and I understand. Brett McCarthy, what a mainstay he's been. I swear, I saw Mayor, uh, Mayor Henry on here somewhere. Didn't I see, like, uh, Josh or Justin Mayor Henry? I, I swear I saw... Um, I swear I saw notifications, and then uh, it's not here. So I don't know what happened. That's disappointing. Hope they didn't delete the thing, or maybe I was seeing something wrong. I don't know. That's really strange, huh? But well, Merry Christmas. Just in case you're listening to Josh and Justin Mayer Henry out of Colorado, Merry Christmas to you guys. Um, oh, man, yep. Um, that's pretty much where I'm gonna go, I believe. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Mad Martin, obviously, Mad Martin, silver plated bronze at the very least, very least. And again, Merry Christmas. Um, you guys are awesome beyond belief. And again, I thank you all so much for being a part of things. I hope you're having a wonderful Christmas and yeah. And if you don't celebrate it, I understand, you know, happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa. If you celebrate those, otherwise, again, I guess watch some basketball today and, and football. There's, yeah, there's Packers and Dolphins. I guess most of you are probably bigger football fans than basketball. So I might be kind of switching around all over the place. The one sport I, I mean, there's funny how there's one sport that probably wouldn't be the dumbest idea to have today is hockey. It is kind of weird. Um, I remember Judd Zolgan even brought up the idea. He's a local broadcaster on Score North, of course. Brought up the idea of, you know, how Christmas Eve doesn't have anything. Why not have hockey? You know, it doesn't have anything in the evening. Anyway, why not have hockey? But I don't know. Maybe that's not good for the people that have to work, though. Because, yeah, it's like, oh, yay, I get to sell hot dogs on Christmas Eve at 9 o'clock. Yay. You know what I mean? Imagine that kind of job. Ugh. Like, like, yay. You know? <laughs> that would suck. See, it's one thing the players make millions and that blah, blah, blah. The broadcasters make millions and, and all that. But then there's everybody else, you know, that don't. So, yeah, that's probably one of the main reasons why there's no games in the evening on Christmas Eve. It just kind of is what it is. Um, Christmas Day is kind of, I guess, another vibe. It's Christmas Day, and people want to be entertained, I guess, with their basketball and football. But it is interesting, again, no hockey. So, But I guess it's a good time for hockey players to rest because God knows they do need it. And I'm not saying that with any uh, sarcasm whatsoever. They need it. With that said, Merry Christmas to all of you again. Thank you so much. Tell your friends about the show. Those of you that have, can't thank you enough. Please write a positive rating on any app that allows you to do it, like Apple and Audible and Stitcher, ones like that, Spotify. Um, call into the show. Uh, all you got to do is open up your uh, smart device. Every one of them has a free voice recording app. Just open that up, press record, treat it like a phone call, hit stop, share it, and email it to PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com, PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com. That's what I mean by share it. You know, sharing it to PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com or email um, all the information will be in the show description, including the disclaimer for uh, DraftKings. So get your DraftKings app and bed away. <laughs> With that said, Merry Christmas, and we'll talk to you next week to talk about New Year's Day football. <laughs>